Hello and welcome back to the Industrial Automation Insider. I'm William Corns, Senior North American Sales Manager for the Fixed Industrial Scanning and Machine Vision Solutions here at Zebra. And today we're going to put the lens on machine vision and fixed industrial scanning in the pharmaceutical market. My two guests, John Worthlin and Daniel Dombach, are also going to join to share some of their unique ways they've been working with Zebra customers and partners to marry these industrial automation technologies with RFID for track and trace, validation, compliance, and more. John is an industry principal here at Zebra, focused primarily on the manufacturing, transportation, logistics sectors. And Daniel Dunbach is the director of EMEA Industrial Solutions here at Zebra. Both are laser focused on determining new ways that technology can be used within the pharma supply chain, as well as other supply chains, moving time or temperature sensitive goods, highly regulated goods, and, and other technologies. Thank you both for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me today, William. Hey, well, thanks. Thanks so much. Happy and excited to be here. <laughs> Likewise. Hey, let's start by talking about the challenges faced by pharmaceutical companies today. Um, beginning at the top of the chain with manufacturers and flowing all the way down to the consumer or patient level. You guys weigh in on that? Sure, yeah, this I can start, uh, William. So what we're seeing today in, in pharma, really worldwide, um, but I'll, I'll concentrate on North America. Um, with the regulations that are coming around with the Drug Supply Chain Security Act, um, pharma has to track um, the specific item, you know, a specific bottle of medication, all the way from the manufacturer through to the, uh, the dispenser. So that would be your, um, you know, local retail pharmacy or, or hospital. And in order to do that, um, there's been milestones of improvements over the last 10 years that are culminating in um, November of 2023. And that traceability is um, not only to move product, but move the data that goes along with that product. And, and that's really what we're seeing uh, is the biggest challenge is um, how do we do that with um, the current tool set and what tool sets are, are there that are emerging um, that allow them to keep the the speed and the accuracy um, up so that that supply chain isn't disrupted. Yeah, absolutely right, John. Fully agree. So what it is, it is the digital transformation of the supply chain. And that is something everybody's after um, or has to be after. Um, we see that as um, for some companies still a wishful thinking. Um, because there are a couple of steps to go first before they really can jump into the digital transformation. But if you really want to establish full full visibility of your entire supply chain, um, there's no way around that. You need to take that step. Agreed. I, I think that that's a, a very interesting point, and this is probably different than most other most other markets out there. Um, do you guys feel that that the pharmaceutical and hearing the response, I guess you guys do, but do you feel that the, the pharmaceutical supply chains face different set of challenges because of, of, of the DSC, DSCSA? Um, I think the challenges are, are relatively similar in other industries as well. However, the pressure for the pharma industry is higher because the regulations are a lot more a lot stricter than in other industries so there is no excuse not doing it you have to do it um which puts pressure on you and as we know every company and 
pharma companies as well. Their aim is to keep the costs down and the revenues up. Um, and if you want to do a transformation, you need to really balance that that out. Yeah, agree, Daniel. And and really, what it comes down to, William, is it's safety, right? The whole idea of these traceability, whether it's in pharma or food or some of these under other industries, is are we getting safe product? Are we getting the right product? Is it not been tampered with through the supply chain? Is it getting to our families in a safe manner, right? Um, and, and that's really the whole idea behind these a lot of these regulations. Um, you know, I was at a conference a couple months ago and the gentleman from Novartis said it well, it's best. He goes, we're not just moving product anymore, we're moving product and data. Because um, the data that's being captured is is unsurpassed. You know, it's it's not something that's been done before. Um, you know, traditionally, you know, if, if you know, a, a major manufacturer is sending something to a wholesaler, they might say, yep, yeah, that looks like there's 40 cases on that pallet and that's that's good enough. Well, now those regulations say I need to know which which specific serialized item is in which case, which cases on which pallet as it goes through the supply chain. And you can imagine those pallets become, you know, constructed and deconstructed. We call aggregation throughout that whole met, whole way. And, the, and how we're trying to combat counterfeiting is that I should be able to trace that serial number all the way through its journey to where it's, you know, being dispensed to a patient. And, and that's really the challenge. And, and um, the FDA has stepped in and said, you know, hey, if the data that that file that you're sending along with that product isn't isn't in tune with reality, that product can't go any, anywhere. So the manufacturers are starting to understand the impact of um, of how they're going to meet this. And and um, I'll tell you, I've been in a warehouse before and trying to trying to scan 300 cases of product on a pallet to make sure it's accurate and and um, I didn't duplicate it. it. It's no small task. So. They're starting to look at other technologies to do that. I, I, I think that's very interesting and is actually going to be one of my, my next questions about uh, some of the some of the the, the benefits of, of having these regulations. And, and I think that there's a another level below that and, and probably more for the, the benefit of the companies and what they're seeing out there. Um, similarly, like increases in production or or uh, better control of inventory or things like that and and, and maybe this is a a, a follow-on to the the falsified medicines directive uh specifically and and daniel maybe you can weigh in on this and just tell us what you've observed with with how this has changed maybe the industry and even though it's been a couple of years since it's been enacted yeah, absolutely. So the once following this this falsified medicine directive, um, if you implement these processes and if you create the visibility around your supply chain and your entire production process, that gives you a lot more accurate information what's going on. Um, it's um, all about demand planning as well. Um, it's not just having the right inventory levels. It's understanding the demand in the market, um, get the right raw materials into your supply chain, build the right products, ensure the quality is the, the right quality you need to have. And John was mentioning counterfeiting. Um, I think that's very important as well. The serialization plays an important role here. Um, with, I think in this specific case, the pharma industry is far ahead to various other ones. Um, 
and it gives us the the ability also to protect the brands of those companies. If you do if you're doing good, um, your reputation stays stays better. Um, if you're violating and if you have well bad cases of counterfeiting, and that's linked to your brand, that can be a major damage to your business. Yeah, damaging the brand is is probably a very <laughs> a, a very important factor for a lot of our 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 customers out there and extremely important. John, more on the, the global side or, or North American side, for that matter, the, the FDA's Drug Supply Chain Security Act, how, how are we preparing for that? And, and can you give us a little insight about the impending um, compliance deadline coming up? Sure. Um, I, I think it's, it's interesting. I mean, you know, we as, you know, here you, you and I, William, we're in North America, and and Daniel's in our MIR region, and and we tend to have fences, you know, between those. But really, this is a, a global problem. Um, the the products that are getting um, dispensed here in the United States, a lot of those are coming from uh, contract manufacturers that are that are in Europe, right? So what's happening is the regulations that are happening in this particular country are starting to influence um, the regulations, you know, around the globe. Um, you know, these these pharma executives that we talk to, you know, they get out of bed thinking globally by default. Um, and, and I think they're starting to understand the impact of if they don't comply with this regulation. And and, you know, let, let's let's all, um, you know, kind of take sometimes we take regulations with a grain of salt and and some organizations are are um, are quicker to respond. And some are like, yeah, maybe that, will you know, I can wait on that because it'll probably get you know pushed down the road. But. But this one's not right. That's one of the things we saw is that um, at the conference, you know, there's these wholesalers are dealing with 500 manufacturers. And I would say that, you know, they're trying to set up these point to point interfaces to make sure they're ready really a year before this November 2023 deadline. And they're probably 30 percent there. So the, the look of uh, look of panic across the room was, was very evident that, um, you know, the FDA is not budging. Um, so, you know, the, these companies are, are now um scrambling to figure out how am i going to do this and how am i going to get ready um and you know barcoding you know is the, is the gold standard um but what's interesting with zebra you know with us being able to connect the dots you know we have some other technologies i'm sure we'll talk about that we're starting to introduce into the marketplace yeah john you bring up a good point let's talk specifically about the technologies that pharma entities are using to keep up with demands and regulations as well as some maybe some of the opportunities you've seen to do things even better. Um, for example, I know we're constantly advocating for barcode-based tracking, just like you mentioned here uh, a moment ago, and reporting solutions when falsified medicines directives went into effect. Uh, Daniel, what would that remain? What what would your recommendation be for moving forward? Um. Yeah, as, as John was saying, the, the standard used to be, and in many cases still is, use the barcode to capture the data um, in your operations, in your supply chain, in your warehouse, in your distribution center, and so on. However, if you really want to go um, into serialization, um, that in most cases is not good enough. John gave the example, um, you're scanning 20, 40, whatever number of boxes on a pallet, and you palletize, depalletize, you re rebuild. Um, so that is almost impossible. So thinking about different technologies that help you be more efficient in, in these tasks, I think is absolutely necessary. One of which, and I think we mentioned the term before, 
is RFID or could be RFID. Um, we all know that's a technology that's around in the in the market or the industry for many, many years. And every year we say this year is the year of RFID. I think for the last two years, it's absolutely true. Um, we've seen that more and more. So if you're able to to tag all your your items, whether it is on pallet level or box level or item level with an RFID tag, and you have the infrastructure to read that um, coming into a distribution center, leaving a distribution center, going for, forward to the pharmacies, to the hospitals and so on, you capture the information at once. So all of a sudden you're a lot more efficient and you're a lot more accurate in what you do. The second area, and I think that's maybe a little bit more valid for the production process of um, pharmaceutical goods, is uh, fixed industrial scanning and machine vision. Using these technologies to observe the flow of products, raw materials and goods um, in, the, in the production line and be absolutely aware of what's going on and also use these technologies for, for quality assurance. For example, use machine vision to check if all the blister packs with the tablets are accurately filled or if something's gone wrong. And if something's gone wrong, you get a, you get a notification immediately and you can react to that. And by the way, what I'm talking here is Internet of Things. You capture the data that would be industrial scanning or machine vision. Um, you analyze these data and you get a statement out of that, which is business valuable, and then you can take an action. Either my, in this blister pack example, well, remove it, um, stop the production line, whatever that is, check the machine, maybe it needs to be recalibrated and so on. So that's what you what you can do, and that's what we see customers are looking for and starting to implement. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a good point, and this is something that John and I have talked about on a on a few occasions. Is most companies think that there's a there's there's a misnomer out there, and the misnomer is that it's either RFID or fixed industrial scanning machine vision, <clears throat> and I really think it's it's both, right? And and sometimes it is both, and usually the the explanation that I give is RFID will allow you to know where those those items are in geographical space and and how many so it gives you the quant quantitative data but the the fixed industrial scanning and especially with with how our sensors are built is their image-based sensors so they'll give you that that qualitative data as well and it allows you to go back and and utilize that repository of data to provide um historical information also what you just mentioned is the the manufacturing process and and being able being able to put that qualitative data out so i i agree with you and and love how our technologies are are complementing each other instead of competing with each other hey let's um let's shift gears just a little bit and i i know you were at logic farm daniel in france uh and what was on the attendees mind there? I'm just really curious. Um, yeah, I was a bit surprised on a couple of things. First of all, the, the number of exhibitors, um, you could have split that into three or four categories. Um, there was a lot about um, cold chain technology. Um, I think almost one third of the exhibitors were um, acting in this area. We had then the um, three PLs or cold chain logistic providers, the transportation companies, and we had um, general other companies. Um, quests we were getting or comments we were getting was, um, well, I'm quite good with um, my supply chain visibility in my in my factory or in my distribution center, but when I leave that border and go to another distribution center or even to another country into another distribution center or another warehouse, I lose control. 
and I don't have that visibility. And uh, we need to come up with solutions to help them in these specific areas. Um, this was one of the big things. The other one, again, was around efficiency. How can I make my operations efficient? And what steps can I do to successfully jump into the digital transformation? Very good. And John, I know you've been speaking with pharma manufacturers and distributors lately too. What are you hearing about their plans to overhaul processes and integrate more technology? Um, what's working well today and what changes do they believe they, they should make? Well, and, and that's interesting. Um, you know, before we, before we actually looked at and we tested a, a solution like RFID um, back last July, it, it kind of changed the landscape, right? Um, these companies are going into this, these, um, these regulatory milestones thinking that, you know, line of sight technologies such as barcoding and fixed industrial scanner are the only, only tools in the toolbox, right? Um, and, and so that's how they've been approaching the, the problem, William. And, um, you know, to the point where, you know, one of the wholesalers we talked with, and it was echoed through the other wholesalers, was that, you know, they're, they're thinking they have to hire 550 more people just to keep up with the increased scanning to capture those those uh, those data elements, right? Uh, the problem is, though, with the labor shortage that you know the market right now, those people don't exist. So that push to understand and adopt new technology is leading us to have now conversations about, you know, what what are the benefits um, for RFID source tagging, you know, at the manufacturer, right? So that 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 um, that label that they just spent the last two years having to redesign and have that two D barcode. You know, the idea is coming up, well, can we add an inlay to that so that the information that that barcode, those four key data elements are also embedded into that chip? And, um, you know, when we first went into it, you know, us as uh, technologists, we, we kind of look at industries and say, ah, the manufacturers will never go for that. But the more that we understand the implications, uh, like I talked to you earlier um, about, you know, hey, if, if the, the data is not not doesn't equal what's on that shipment, that shipment literally sits out in, in a parking lot somewhere until the data is reconciled. And if you can imagine, not only are the delays that 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 happen, but also spoilage uh, can occur if it's you know it's for an extended time. So we're starting to see that you know organizations are opening up because they see RFID is that highly accurate, high speed um, option that they're starting to explore. Yeah, and you mentioned spoilage, so. You know, we talked a little bit about RFID and, and a little bit about fixed industrial scanning, machine vision. But what about the temper sense, sensing solutions that we have? Uh, I'm guessing that that has a high, high efficacy in in the spoilage conversation. It certainly does. You know, and, and with our temp time, um, our data um, data regulators um, can't think of the responders or or, or what have you. Um, you know, those are items that with being that they're they have bluetooth capability right we can start marrying up some of our technologies such as our rfid portal smart portals that we have at the doctor um you know they can capture the the product coming in and receive that but we can also put those bluetooth gateways and capture uh, a temperature out of the, the the transponder that's in that shipment as well so now we're starting to you know connect the dots between between data elements and the in the 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 dream is that if i'm offloading a truck and a forklift not only am I getting told where to put that that shipment, but also if that shipment is is um is uh, reached a excursion in the in the temperature, maybe I'm directing that driver to put it into a um a different area so that it can be investigated versus 
putting it right into the um, into the supply chain. So that that's a game changer, right? Um, traditionally, those type of data data um, transponders, if you will, temperature transponders are um, are USB. So you know, somebody downloads the data, and it you know it might be three days before there's a problem. Well, you know, the way that these things move, that 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 product's probably already moving down to the, the next leg in the supply chain. And it's a little too late. And yeah, John, per, per, go, perfect. go ahead, Daniel. Yeah, perfect example. I really like that. Capturing all the different information, whether it's the, the quantity uh, of the shipment through RFID, whether it is environmental um, data, like temperature, humidity, whatever that is, and putting that together and getting a clear, clear picture um, on your business and on your delivery and take corrective action. That's ex exactly what companies are looking for. Yeah, and we've, we've talked a little bit about uh, the RFID and RFID for, for us has been around for a lot longer than our fixed industrial scanning solutions have. Could you just give us a little a little insight from the market perspective is what, what can we do better to, uh, and I'm going to infer here that we're not known in the in the market as well as what we should be, but maybe you know what we can do better to to be known in the market and how we can we can show our efficacy in in pharmaceuticals, especially. Yeah, I think you know just the um, you know we, we you posted a video a couple of months ago, I think it was, um, and it showed um, a side by side of a a person barcoding with a with a, a hand barcode scanner. And one where we had a fixed industrial scanning device um, on a table, right? And just the the increased productivity of just being able to put a box in an area, have it read, you know, and not only you know, you know, received or whatever that transaction is going to be, but also capture some uh, qualitative information about that was huge. I mean, those are things that our fixed industrial scanning solutions. I, I talk about what can we do now, what can we do midterm, what can we do long term. Those fixed industrial scanners, those those fall into that midterm range of of impact that can be made, you know, in the next four to six months. Whereas you're talking about RFID, that's that's a more long-term um, type of investment, right? So I think it's important that we introduce these things as items that can be implemented, you know, in the near term or midterm, and along with RFID is a more of a long-term type of a um, prospect. Yeah, when especially especially if you if you're planning to do an implementation of RFID, what you need, you need to have a, a broad team of specialists in here. You really need to understand the business process. You need to understand the technical environment. You need to know exactly what is the is status and the to be status and create a, a path. And then in cooperation with the customer, take this, take this journey and probably start small, not go in all areas where RFID could be an option, but start at the beginning um, make it really solid and proven um, and move forward. As I was saying before, there are a couple of projects I'm working on right now where we're taking exactly this, this approach, picking the right elements, the, the, the right solutions, because RFID is never um, one size fits all. It's always a very customized solution. So we're working individually with each and every customer. I, I like that, Daniel, and thank you for, for pointing that out because I was going to ask you guys if you could if you could create a a perfect solution for the pharmaceutical supply chain environment, what would that be? You know, hardware, software, et cetera. And and I think you pointed that well. Uh, I'll still ask the question, but I, I 
I think the answer is it's it's custom. Um, elaborate on that for me, please. Yeah, well, I, I agree with Daniel. I, th I think there's obviously there's a lot of custom nuances, especially when you think about the environment of a, of a distribution center or a, a back office, you know, pharmaceutical environment, right? But I also think there's some commonalities that um, our new smart portals and smart tunnels can do that they can be, you know, um, normalized as far as how they fit within a distribution center or a manufacturing environment. And the nice thing is, is, you know, those are solutions that can be pre-configured and, you know, deployed very, very quickly. Anytime you get into a, you know, to a traditional RFID with antennas, you know, now you're mount, you're trying to figure out how to mount, you know, it's more of a science project, right? You've got to mount a device, you got to aim it, you got to make sure nothing bumps it. Um, you know, same thing some, to some point with fixed industrial scanning, you know, it's a, it's a line of sight technology. So we have to make sure that we can, we can secure um, that environment so it's not, it's not moved. So again, I, I think there's a couple sweet spots um, that we play and, and again, with, with this mounting pressure, I think it's gonna be important for us to understand what can we rapidly deploy, you know, with our customers and what's, you know, what's kind of turnkey. And I, I think those are, are both things that are gonna be resonating <laughs> as we move towards those milestones. Yeah, I, I agree. And yeah, I, I think there's, there's a lot of of capability out there and there's a lot of nuance with it and and understanding the technology with and understanding the market which both of you guys very well do uh, is 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 a huge asset and as we're looking forward into this market and this space what sort of things should we be gearing towards or where where should we be be building technology or looking towards to uh, problems to solve so uh, I'll, I'll go, Daniel, if, if that's okay. I, I think, you know, we did a pharma workshop a couple of months ago. And we asked that to some of the industry leaders, William. And I think the biggest thing that I heard from them was, you know, the industry is looking at Zebra as a leader, right? And, and they want us to provide them an end-to-end -end solution, not, a, not another do-it-yourself kit. And I, I think we need to get our heads wrapped around that of, you know, how do we pull in the right ISV partners for the software on our devices? Um, how do we pull in the right integrators you know, to integrate to the SAPs, Manhattans, Oracles of the world, and 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 where can we normalize that so that we can provide that that end-to-end, -end, you know, um, picture, if you will, um, that that's the starting vision. You know, to to Daniel's point, that we can sell at that executive level, but then you know, as we get more under the covers, you know, I'll kind of hand it over to Daniel. That's that's where you know the customization happens. You know, um, I used to say when I went to a lot of hospitals, you know, once you've seen one hospital, you've seen one hospital. You know, it's the same thing where we, they all have to do the same things. They all have the those critical use cases, but there's different nuances and that's where the, the customization comes in at that local level. Yeah, absolutely. And if we if we take a slightly broader view on that one, it is Zebra strategy for, for quite a while now. No more saying here's a product, go and use it, but um, here's a solution. And we'll build the solution together with you to your needs, um, together with our partners, uh, with our ISVs, um, with the system integrators um, to come up with the right solution. So it's solution selling now. Very well put, Daniel, and thank you. Um, uh, gentlemen, I think we're almost out of time and I, I just wanna take this time to, to thank you both for joining this. 
your industry knowledge and your market knowledge is just amazing. And the depth of the technology, being able to marry all of these these technologies together to come up with solutions, I really value your your input here today. Um, well, thank you, thank you again both for for being here. I know industrial automation isn't new to pharma executives, engineers, or operation managers, but the way it must be used is changing, as is the way that technology works, right? So hopefully our listeners will walk away with something new to think about today. Thank you again, both gentlemen. And to those of you who tuned in, thank you for sticking around to the end with us. Uh, we'll be checking in with John and Daniel and other supply chain experts on your EDGE blog in the coming weeks. So uh, I encourage you to subscribe to your EDGE blog and the podcast and be alerted when new episodes of Industrial Automation Insights are available. Thank you again. Have a great one, gentlemen. Take care. Thank you. Thanks.